0: and I'm Karina, and this is the Becoming Babe AF Podcast, a badass comedy and empowerment podcast from two Texas gals focusing on real life sass, just giving you the tools to feel babe Babe as fuck. fuck.
1: Good afternoon, y'all. We are, uh happy to bring you a pod this week on imposter syndrome. Now, if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, let me just break it down for you. So it is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments or has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a quote unquote fraud. And you definitely are not alone in these feelings. I am Doing a little dress here, by the way. Crossover interview with Bianca Woolrick, Um And I always say her name wrong because I cannot do my W's very well. Um, of the Please Don't Kick Me Out podcast, it's a new podcast on the block. And as you'll hear, Bianca and I have been friends for a while. And so I was super excited to hear that she's launched her own podcast. But before we head into it, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So ta- uh, tactical statement number one is what happens when you experience imposter syndrome. And the second is for how you reframe that Mindset. Um, You guys know we are all about giving you tools and you want to stay tuned until the end of the interview because Karina is going to pop in with some juicy little details on how to help yourself. So, imposter syndrome fact, which is a fictional fact. It's not real, but this is what your brain says and then I'm going to give you a shift. So, number one, thinking that you don't belong here. Now, one way to shift is to start believing in yourself and reframe that statement into I belong always. No matter the group setting, no matter the speech, no matter the connotation, like you belong just as much as anyone else does. No issues there and start moving that mindset. Uh, Number two, thinking my opinion does not matter. You have an opinion for a reason. So one thing that you can start to do to reframe that misunderstanding is to understand that the world needs your voice, right? Like you are your own superhero and we know that there is no one better than you to do exactly what you do when you need to do it. Uh, Number three thinking that my experience or thought isn't worth sharing. Um, We probably say a lot of things that we think on this podcast and in general life that we don't think are worth sharing or something that we want to keep private or that no one else is really going to relate to, but the world needs your unique voice and it might be exactly what someone else needs to hear. So that's pretty much the thing right there where we second guess a lot of the time on how we can help y'all, but the fact that we're actually standing up and doing this every week is crucial to you and crucial to us to say things out loud in order to be better. Uh, number four, thinking everything has been done already. Um, one way to shift that is to know that the world needs your unique thoughts, actions, touch, um, self in its rotation. Um, just because everything is Just because you believe something has been done already does not mean it's going to be done in the awesome way that you are about to do it. Um, And last one, number five, is thinking I'm not good, smart, or cool enough. Um, Yeah, the shade is always cool even though you want to stand in the sunshine. Um, So one way to reframe that is you are always enough and your your fear does not change that. So just keep in mind that it's super crucial for you to step outside of your zone of comfort. um, Highlight the things that you know you're good at because that is exactly what we need. So um, thank you for tuning in and we are so excited to bring you today's kind of dual interview. You'll see at the end that I pop in some fun questions um, interview questions that we give to our babes and so I took it upon myself when I was asked to do this interview to actually do it a crossover so you'll hear some of our interview questions at the end and keep in mind you can definitely interview with us anytime. We have a great platform through becoming at gmail.com. If you guys have some ideas where you want to pop in and do an interview with us we would love to have you. So Happy Wednesday, we can't wait to hear your thoughts, and we hope that these tools and some understanding of each other will bring you less in the imposter syndrome realm and out into a more sunshine-filled mindset. So, here we go!
2: I'm going to start recording. Sounds good. Hey, how's it going? It's good, how are you? Oh, you know, at this point, who knows what day it is anymore, right? Yeah
1: yeah i definitely understand i'm like it i was just sitting on the couch i was like is it sunday i don't even know
2: <laughs> i totally agree i don't even know anymore like day is just a construct time is just a construct um yeah. to my guest on the other end listening to this podcast this is please don't kick me out a podcast about imposter syndrome and the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is my friend and uh co-host of becoming babe as fuck podcast jessica dukes Hi! (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited to have you on today, so I'm just going to let you take the floor, give your elevator pitch, go for it.
1: (laughs) Thanks. Um, I know we talked a little bit about this earlier, like prompts and stuff, but I don't do elevator pitches often, so I'm just going to do my best, I guess. Um, so I am a co-host of a comedy and women empowerment podcast called Becoming Baby AF. Um, it is from myself and my girlfriend, Karina, and we live in Texas. And so we like to give you sassy tools to kind of make you feel or help you feel, um, babe as fuck. Um, there's no one way around not saying that word. So if you don't like it, I'm sorry. um we'll refer to it as baby from now on but um I'm originally from Indiana I've been um in Austin for about 12 years and I've been married for about eight we have two dogs in a suburb which I always thought I was a city girl even though I grew up in the country so it's interesting to still be here for that long it doesn't feel like you know you mentioned before like time is no construct. Like I feel that way about living in this state so far away from my family, but it's good. It's given me many blessings and it's been a little bit crazy. So here's to more adventures. Good times. (laughs) Awesome.
2: At this point, I've had more guests from actual Texas and Austin, Texas area than anything else. So I feel like I have to connect you all. Uh, that'd be awesome. You all have to be friends. Yes, please do. Um, I think you might be at this point, my fourth, my fourth Austin uh, person. Um, but I love that. I am um, very excited to have you on here. I'm just going to kind of get into how you and I met. So uh, we haven't met, which is um, you know, kind of a resuming theme. I've got a lot of internet friends, but Uh, Jess happens to be just a really rad individual. I ended up, she came in on my radar uh, when I was in, I was moving to San Diego. I was, I joined this place. I think it was a group called Slay Babes on um, on Facebook. She posted a photo of her throwing glitter, y'all, into the universe in the air. It was the most gorgeous, cute, adorable photo. I was like, who is this person? I have to become her friend and become her friend. I willed her to, you know, be, I was like, we have to be friends. Um, and I've just kind of followed her journey. And it's really exciting because her and her friend, Marina making this podcast really inspired me to really look at myself and you guys pulling the trigger on doing that really made me feel confident that I could do the same thing. Um, and it took me a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to talk about, but I loved your podcast from the second I heard it. It's a really great podcast for my guests that are listening or my, my listeners that are listening um, it does really give you these great, awesome tools from two strong women who have different, wildly different backgrounds. One's a mom, uh, a mom as well as a career person, you know, and then the other one's a dog mom, right? But there's, they have these two very strong opinions are mm-hmm. very opinionated, but they have a really great way to like empower and lift you up. So, um, if I'm going to definitely link in your guys, your guys' podcast and shout you out wherever I can, but yeah, so I'm really excited to have you on here today, um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. So you feel ready?
1: Yeah. I mean, as ready as I'm going to be, I put on what my girlfriend coined today as hard pants, AKA jeans. Uh, so yeah, let's do it. Hard pants. Okay. Yeah. I actually appreciate
2: that because <laughs> I feel like like if I, if I put like a pair of shorts on, I'm like, oh, not wearing athleisure wear today.
1: Yeah. Okay. Or like, that's what my legs look like. I should invest in some self-tanner. Cause not good. (laughs) It's not good. It's pale ass over
2: here. Yeah. So let's just jump into it. Um, we'll start with our first kind of prompt, which is um, you know, I love to ask my guests um the 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 resounding question, which usually has the same answer, but do you feel like you have it all figured out?
1: (laughs) No. Um, and even when I feel like I do, there's always this like universal pushback a little bit that's like, huh, just kidding just kidding. Um, for those of you that don't know, that are just learning, um, or will be learning now, like I am a month is this? I am three years post thyroid cancer. Um, and so last month, nope, two months ago, see, I don't even know what time it is. Um, I went into my endocrinologist for a checkup and I was like, yes, I'm feeling awesome. Like this is going to be the best ultrasound ever. And not to be a Debbie Downer, but she's like, Oh, you have a a cyst. I'm like, Oh, shit. Is that how nodules are formed? And she's like, Yep. I was like, How big is this mother? Because I have, like, my cancer before was like partial thyroidectomy. So they kept the left side in. And so for two and a half years, three years, it's been clean. It's not necessarily in a spot that's in danger of myself. Like, I'm not in danger right now um it's a it's a cyst that's literally less than a centimeter but when you see it on the ultrasound it's obviously enlarged and so I was like (laughs) I walked into this bitch thinking I had it all figured out and that I was feeling the best I felt in a long time and then there's just that thing that kind of sets you back and you're like okay well cool so in a lot of my areas of life not just health concern but like I I basically walk in like I own the place majority of the time um, my husband hears me tell stories all the time if I'm in groups of friends that aren't true, but I just say things with such conviction that people can believe it. I'm not saying I lie. I just like am very forward in what I I'm confident, I guess, and in, in how I talk a lot of the time. So he will we'll leave a group outing and he'll be like, you told so-and-so about this. He's like, that's not how it happened. I was like, I know I had like two beers. I was just like going with it and then like... They just kept snowballing, so the truth will eventually come out. But for right now, I was very convicted in that
2: moment. Apparently, he's like, "Yeah." Well, Hopefully, you get some good news on that. Yeah,
1: she like um, my doctor's not worried. So my I've been doing this for thirteen years. So yeah, there. she's like, "I'm not concerned. You don't need to be concerned." Like. You don't have to do – and normally I, like, get blood work every six months and then get an ultrasound every year. She's like, you still are on the track to come back in a year for your other ultrasound. It's fine. It's literally the tiniest thing, and cysts can go away. So that's what we're hoping for. Yeah,
2: I'm hoping for that too. So along the whole thing, like, I I love that, that you just, like, you're like, I'm confident, like, I walk into a place, like, I own it. Like, I really appreciate that. Like, I think – we as women, more women should just feel comfortable enough in their own skin that they don't need to just backpedal, you know? Yeah. Um, and so uh, in, in exploring this podcast and talking about imposter syndrome with my guests and, and talking with friends, etc., cetera, um, I found that the feeling of imposter syndrome is so deeply ingrained within uh, women and people who struggle with their sexuality and their gender. Um, but I'm also finding that it means something different to every single person. Um, so do you feel like you fit in or you suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you?
1: (laughs) So in regards to fitting in, um, I think I have always been one to stand out, like not in a necessarily in a confident way, but definitely in like a weird quirky kind of way. Like, uh, Karina and I talked a couple episodes back about how, Like, I will provoke her to wear something that she would never pick out for herself, right? Um, Because I'm always the one that has, like, a larger statement piece. She does a very good job of, like, her makeup is always on point. She's always put together. But it's more of a simplistic way, which I can't hardly ever do. Like, right now, I have on a headscarf as an neckerchief i have on like a crocheted short sleeve sweater like and it's 90 degrees outside and holy jeans so like the things i put together are not normal but they work for me if that makes sense Mm -hmm. i've also been the one to like when I was nine years old, I had a perm and my bangs were going two different directions. And like, I had really large hipster glasses before that was even a term. It was just when you're nine years old and it's 1990. That's just the way it goes in the middle of Indiana. Like, I just have always been nerdy and quirky and I snort when I laugh since I was a kid. And so like, I just haven't ever been in a box or like stood inside a basic norm I guess yeah yeah
2: that makes sense I, I, I always say that uh, I dress like Miss Frisball
1: you totally um, do it's I awesome
2: do. I love patterns <laughs> I, oh my gosh if it has if it's a pattern I'm buying it don't even care yeah um and and I, I I used to feel kind of ashamed of that because I had a guy that I was dating in my 20s uh thanks so much Brian Uh, uh, he said that I he felt I dressed childish he felt he was embarrassed by the way I dressed and for a long time I shunned patterns I shunned color I shunned those things and then for a while patterns to me was to hide I'd gain some weight I wasn't taking care of myself and I patterns were a way for me to hide behind those things so that people would compliment the pattern they wouldn't compliment me um, it's taken a lot of self-work for myself. I mean, your podcast is, is one thing that I feel like it's been helpful for me.
1: <laughs> Don't you make as me cry as, on a podcast.
2: <laughs> well, you know, as as well as, you know, there's another one that's like, you know, almost 30 podcasts and some other stuff. And I'm reading a lot of body empowerment. I've come to Good. terms a lot better with who I am as a person. And, and now I, and now just the way I dress is just part of who I am. Um, but Perfect. I agree with you. I've never really fit in, uh, either, um, I've always been friend to many, close friend to few, um, and in, you know, I was I was never the popular kid in high school. I was never the popular kid in middle school. But yeah, I realize now the things that I felt were so important when I was younger, like popularity and all these things. Um, I I'm, I feel lucky now that I have what I have and that I didn't have those things that I thought I wanted when I was younger. Exactly because they're so vain.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I I know a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I'm, in, I'm in this social circle. Like, my social circle is literally, like, 19 circles jammed together. Because, like, I played clarinet in the marching band for four years. But I also ran track. And I went to college on a golf scholarship. So, like, I can multifaceted, if you will. Like, I appreciate that when I have a group of friends that come together that multiple people start to get and find out they know each other from other places that don't necessarily involve me because I feel like in order to have good friendships you have to be kind of multifaceted in that way to where like you can kind of float if you will like and be intertwined in a lot of different people and some people Those introverts, God love them, don't like that. But I'm like, why would you not want more people to get to love you and you get to love? So I like that. Yeah.
2: And then in regards to imposter syndrome and how like fitting in an imposter syndrome are so deeply ingrained, I guess my question to you would be, I mean, like in your career or in your personal life or in your friendships, have you ever felt that feeling of um, imposter syndrome is also referred to as like the feeling of fraud syndrome. Yeah. Um, And being found out that like, you know, you're not qualified to be where you're at. Or, um, you know, someone's going to find out and then they're going to like take your job from you or, um, your friends are going to find out that you're not very cool. Do you ever feel any of those feelings?
1: Yeah. So I have, um, been working for a multifamily, um, company, like apartment community for about eight and a half years. And, um, I've been in multiple properties. Like I've been to three other properties before the property I'm at now. Um, and the three previous communities were very garden style, very traditional layout, like what, like building one, building two. Um, and the whole premise between multi family with our company is to like, make sure you're always taking care of residents, right? That like your, ability to do that should be number one your customer service should be first which I completely understand and I am wholeheartedly behind but then there's just some days where like there are people that call me multiple times a day asking in for the same thing for instance if I tell you I'm going to get something over to you as a document it will happen it may not be like 14 seconds ago but then I kind of Doubt myself in regards to my ability to, like, go through a checklist, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I make a list and I figure out how to do that. Um, The newest property that I'm at is a mid-rise property and it is fancy. Mm -hmm. Like, the amount of people in this area of downtown Austin are not nor – they're not my – They're not my people. I'm not saying that I'm not nice to them. I'm not saying that I'm not like cordial and helpful. And because I love their, I'm beginning to love all of them. It's just a very different demographic that I'm not used to. So like I noticed pretty recently that I have to show up more for myself in order to make myself feel more confident in this position because of how potentially prestigious these people are. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, Uh, and for a while I was like I don't think I can do it and I think that many years before I actually arrived at this community that I was like it's a it's a dream I have to work downtown like I didn't know what capacity in which it was that like being from small town Indiana and you get to work in downtown Austin like that's a whole different caliber of people it's a whole different way that that people interact with each other it's a whole different group of attitudes and And familial structures and all kinds of things that I didn't think for many years that I'd be able to do. And when I actually walked into the office and sat down and like, I'm starting to learn, I've only been there since February. So I'm like starting to learn about these new residents and these people. Like I literally went in a week and a half before shelter in place happened. So whereas I'm getting emails from these people and learning about them, it's only through email, right? So Mm -hmm. It's interesting to, to learn about people and what they need through only an email or telephone basis when normally we'd sit down and have a conversation face to face. So mm-hmm. it's I'm like, am I qualified to do this? But the more I'm there, the more I'm learning, like I understand that it's exactly where I need to be, even though for a long time I doubted my ability to do what my job is, is just to take yeah. care of them and like make sure that they're getting what they need and in that their residential stature as people in our community is being upheld to the standards that I've been practicing for the last eight years. It doesn't matter. Like I'm not, they're not any different from me, even no. though demographically they are. We're just no. all people. So, so for a while I was having trouble and I was struggling a little bit with my ability to be fancy or mm-hmm. cause I'm very late. Like I'm very chill. I'm very bohemian. Like I, barely wear makeup even though I used to work for a makeup company for like five years (laughs) which is very comical um but all in all like I just don't take care of myself in that manner like
2: Mm
1: I guess I Karina wears makeup every day it makes her feel so empowered and awesome and I'm like "Mm, I washed my face today didn't I like (laughs) so it's just a matter of shifting my understanding of what I deserve and and even though like, that imposter creeps in probably like thirteen times a day, like I have to hold steadfast with the ability that that I know I can do it. So,
2: yeah, yeah, that makes a hundred percent sense. And actually, I can relate and empathize a lot with what you're saying because uh, in my previous role, um, being in the real estate industry, gosh, you're around big money like yeah. a lot, and it was kind of shocking to me, like um, being around it, talking, helping these realtors out here and there, and the way that they talked about people and things and money. And when you take a step back from it, you realize that like, we're all just like looking at each other's plot of grass, right? Yep. And some are watering. some. it may seem that some are watering. theirs more than others, but honestly, it's all just the same grass. It's just, they're just giving you a highlight reel of their life. And like, you don't see the behind the scenes, yeah. you know? So I always, it it was a hard thing for me to kind of realize, and I think in the age of social media and all of this, I think we're realizing it more and more, is that, like, people just want you to see what they want you to see, but at the end of the day, we're all very similar, we're all human. Um, And I think that's, like, an interesting kind of way to be like, yeah, like, I deserve to be here, like, I know what I'm doing, like, I know how to, you know do this. And so I think that's really great. And I'm glad that you're kind of coming to terms that maybe you already knew you were a badass, but being a badass in this position, I think you're going to do really great with this community because once you start meeting face to face, they'll be like, Oh yeah, just awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like we had a, we had a block party, uh, Wednesday of last week where one of my girlfriends came and DJed in the street between two of our properties. And one of the (laughs) residents looked at me and goes, when are you back in the office? And I'm like, I've never not been in the office. <laughs> Those emails you're getting are right downstairs. Like, I'm not in my house. I'm not in my pajamas like you are, like, working from your couch. Like, still <laughs> so coming to work every day. But I appreciate the fact that you couldn't tell the difference between me being in the office and if I was in my house. So, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> so, a win. I
2: mean, we touched on imposter syndrome and, like, kind of that feeling of fitting in and all of that. Um, but it, I also feel like imposter syndrome also lends to the feeling of success. So... What does success look like to you and do you feel successful?
1: <laughs> it's interesting because, um, and I don't necessarily know if it, this is just because the way I was raised and my dad was like, you will always work your ass off for what you get, right? So even though right now we're in a position where we've been the most financially sound that I've ever been by myself and in my marriage, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I never thought we would be here. Like I knew that we had goals and like we have a house and we live in the suburbs and we have our cute rambunctious crazy ass dogs. And like we are the American dream, but it's interesting because I didn't understand that like all of the previous things I did, whether it be like from right out the gate, like I was born really, really premature, like 27 weeks gestation, and so, um, from the get go, I've always been over. I've always been overcoming obstacles. So to to know what success is is different for me, I think, because I wasn't even supposed to make it. Right? So, right. like, every step of the way, whether that be, like, my grandma used to tell me all the time, well, well, I'll show up to your to your college graduation or high school graduation if God lets me. Oh, if I make it to your college graduation. Oh, if I make it to when you get married. Oh, if I make it to when this and the other. So, like, her realm of getting to those different milestones were a capability of her being able to be present. For me, I'm like, yeah, I did that. Like, that's kind of how I go forward with it. So, success to me is... is never ungrateful or discounted because I feel like every step is a success for me. And so when someone asks how or if I feel successful, um, my brain kind of spins in multiple different directions to kind of land on what that means. And I feel like success oftentimes, like you said, for in regards to imposter syndrome is essentially the vision of someone else's expectation of you. So if Mm -hmm. I hold steadfast to what I know my family and my friends deem as successful, then I can't get there, right? Because it's not my goal and my expectation to be successful. All I want to do is be grateful and happy, right? But if that success then comes, it's awesome. And like one of my coworkers laughed at me the other day because we were talking about, I don't even know what, and I was like, yeah, I'm just over here hoarding money. Oh, it's my, because my husband um, is a writer. And so for many years, he was like, babe, I'm I'm going to be full freelance soon. I'm like, I'm going to be, he's just keeps telling me, telling me, telling me. I'm like, okay, great. We'll cross that bridge and we come to it. And then that bridge, we jumped over it, set that bitch on fire. And <laughs> we have been, he's been full freelance for three months. And I wow. was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we'll totally prepare when we get there. But we got there. He pulled me across the bridge, set it on fire in the best way possible, and here we are, like, more successful financially than we've been in years. Like, we have more in our savings account than I ever thought I would have. It's also because I'm trying to hoard money because <laughs> I don't know necessarily when, like – because with freelance, you're net 30 or net 45. So, like, you don't really know, like, when that rolling money will come in. A lot of the times – I mean, his job is stable with Sports Illustrated, but um, that comes every month, no problem. But the other stuff that was helping is rolling. And it's like, oh, we have surprise money coming. I just pull the surprise money into an account and don't look at it. Because I'm like, if we can do okay without this, then we're going to be okay. So for me, Mm -hmm. that feels successful. Because not only have I learned to budget as an English major, (laughs) feels very very much of an accomplishment to me so like and I know that sounds pretty frivolous but when when I the full freelance finally came I was like "Hook, okay we're here now that day you've been talking about for the past I don't know eight ten years of our relationship is finally here and I'm really proud of them and it's really awesome so so I gladly understand and appreciate what success to him means and I think that kind of has been rubbing off on me a little bit to know that like you said before about how our podcast has helped you like when I hear that it feels so weird not because we're we're new ish podcast but like the that when Karina and I started to do the podcast we're like if we can just reach one person Mm -hmm. that feels better then we're doing okay if it's one person outside of us that that gets to be more confident or gets to feel babe as fuck or gets to hear what we're saying out loud because someone should fucking say it and nobody else is, then, like, that's success when, like, even if it's just one person. Because one person isn't going to turn into many people, so it's interesting. Yeah.
2: And I, I feel the same way in regards to my own podcast. Um, I've had some really great feedback for mine in terms of, oh, well, I didn't know that this feeling I was feeling was this. Yeah. I didn't know that there was a name for it. I didn't know there was a term for it. This makes so much more sense. Or I listen to your podcast. Now I understand myself more. And it it sounds a little showboaty and egotistical, but I am in the same boat as you where. My whole goal here is to make people feel normal to yeah. make people feel heard seen so i 'm very interested in telling everyone 's story um, you know anyone that feels this way like all are welcome like you know the goal the goal here is to eventually you know start interviewing people I find very interesting, but for now i'm really get, liking to get to know my friends because it's yeah. like it's nice to kind of see their background where they 're coming from what 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 what's important to them and I think that's amazing that your husband is following his dream that it's successful right out of the gate and that, you know, there's a lot to be said about when you follow your dream and you start doing something that you've always wanted to do. And for me right now, it's, um, it, I guess, I guess in a lot of ways, it's podcasting. People are always like, Oh my gosh, you know, you got laid off, like what's next for you. And it's yeah. like, I'm doing what's next for me. Good. I'm being creative I'm thinking ahead, I'm being empathetic. And I and I always say to people in, in terms of quarantine, and I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit, if we're not coming out of this thing more empathetic, more caring, more kind, and I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse to my listeners, I've said this so many times. <laughs> we're not coming out of this more caring, more empathetic, more loving, more human, um, more creative, then I don't think that we, this, this to me all feels like it's in vain. Yeah. I think um, 2020, A lot of people are very negative about it. They're like, oh, gosh, 2020 was going to be my year. Now it's not. And I don't agree with that.
1: It's only May. Like, there are so many more months left in the calendar. Like,
2: it's only May. And like. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) And it, but also true. It's like, but then think about all of the opportunity that there is right now Yeah, to pick up a hobby, to pick up a skill, to better yourself, to find a podcast that can help you to find a therapist. If you need one, there's so much time. There's never been a better time to figure out things about yourself that you didn't know. There's never
1: been so much time to be so in, in like introverted on yourself. Like I read the other day that it's going to be interesting to see how many introverts become extroverts and vice versa when this whole thing is, is different. I don't want to say like new normal. So we, um, my husband grew up Pentecostal and I grew up Catholic. And so today my mother-in-law was like, I'm going to church. And I'm like, what you're doing? What she's like, do you guys want to come? I'm like, is my mask acceptable? (laughs) Like, Can I still wear the mask? She's like, of course I highly encourage it. So like, we went to church today, and we sat in probably a, I don't know, it probably seated maybe 30 people, but there were probably 10 in the room.
2: Um, Interesting.
1: And we sat at church today. And, yeah. and it was a predominantly Pentecostal church, and so it was very different for me. I'm used to Roman Catholic hour-long mass, sing boring hymns that are lovely and have been around forever and her church is very jovial and so I was like this is interesting and she's like let me know how you feel about it and I'm like I don't know how to feel about it like I don't I'm so used to being in that catholic box that being outside of it is really different for me so I was very uh intrusive and just kind of watched and learned today which I thought was really cool um and I'm not necessarily used to that yet like I'm normally like we talked a little about like I come in guns blazing a lot of the time so the fact that this is actually allowing me to be very quiet and evaluative and like uh just like sit with what's happening and how I'm feeling about it is very different for me because normally I just like have word vomit 90% of the time so it's interesting (laughs) to be uh set in in that new understanding. And yeah, it's very interesting to see how a lot of people are like picking up hobbies again or doing things that are new and learning. Like, you could probably read a book in two days if you had the time to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying yeah. to read a book a month, <laughs> it's not going very well, but, but like, yeah, if you're not learning from this in one way or another or, like, bettering yourself as a as a human, then you're not really learning what it could be potentially be
2: about, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, a lot of this lends into kind of the feeling of success in the sense of, like, I think there's a lot of people right now that are taking a look at their life and being like, oh, I'm going to compare it to this person's life or that person's life. And I think like the biggest takeaway of this entire conversation is like, everyone has a different story, a different journey, a different path. And the only thing you have control over is yourself Exactly. and how you feel about yourself. Um, And, um, you know, as always, if this helps one person, that's great. Um, but, uh, I always encourage my listeners and my guests and everyone, you know, to take the, take, take this advice and like think on it, marinate on it. But the best thing you can do for you is to focus on you.
1: Yeah. And And that, and a lot of people feel like that's selfish or like egotistical or vain when, when at the end of the day, no matter who surrounds you, like you have to deal with what you can handle. It's like your eminent control, right? It's why everyone is like organizing and purging and like painting and doing house projects because you can control right now your immediate environment. Right? like you can control what's immediately around you but at the end of the day like you have to deal with yourself and that su- that sucks for a lot of people myself included cuz i'm not i'm not good at that i'd rather deflect and act like everything's cool and kosher and great when when most of the time it's not most of the time but a lot of the time it's not like i can't be merry fucking sunshine all the time it's irrational for me to believe myself that i can but but i have to hang out with the optimism or else like or just be in the dark all the time, which I like to light shit up, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I love that about you. Um, so I think we've touched on just, like, the topic in general, um, but now I like to get to the fun part of my podcast, which is where I get to know you based on things you like and dislike. Okay. <laughs> so um, we'll start with what is one or a few things you're fanatical about and why. I will start. I'm currently fanatical about the fact that my husband, after being gone for a whole entire dang month, is back for another whole entire month
1: <laughs> that's so awesome I th- okay so
2: thankfully
1: <laughs> yeah right he made it home safe which is so awesome and I'm so proud of him and all the work that he's doing what's really weird is that I thought he was gone longer than a month it kind I of like, felt like that because
2: when this all started uh he had been out to sea on a workup and then he got back and he was taking, because I had gotten laid off. And so he was going to, he took leave to spend the quarantine with me. We were thinking, originally, we all were originally thinking it was only going to be two weeks. <laughs> uh, well, He was about Facebook. five days. He started painting the cabinets. We were working on home renovations. And he got a email from his command. And they were like, yeah, so um, we're going to quarantine to the ship for, you know, the foreseeable future. And then we're going to go back up to sea. Um, and so he, I dropped him off on the 25th or the, it's either the 25th or 26th of, of uh, March, dropped them off with of the ship and they just sat on the dock on the pier side, quarantining, because the whole goal was for them as a ship to mitigate coronavirus, to make sure that there was no coronavirus entering or exiting the ship. Um, then they went out to sea, still no cases, um, and then uh, they helped aid uh, efforts with the USS KID, which actually kept them out a little longer. And then they ended up coming back two days earlier. So um, they went on a support mission to help the USS KID, which ended up having, uh, uh, I think now it's 60 plus cases. But when they started going down, it was 13 then, then or 18. Then it turned to 35, which is about 10% of the ship's 350 50 population. Um, no one on my husband's ship has gotten covid uh, or if they have, they've been self-quarantined, taken off the ship, whatever that might be. Um, but no one, as of right now, has had any positive cases. And they turned their medical me- – the medical support staff helped out the USS kit. So um, it ended up being a pretty positive thing. Like, and I'm pretty proud of him and that mission. And I think that was really great that they, like, got to aid an effort and do that. Because for the most part, I hate to be, like, a Debbie Downer, but it just felt like he was just sitting in the ocean doing nothing. Yeah, because he you- – And he'll even tell you it felt like that. Too, <laughs> yeah. But – But yeah, so he's back and um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's funny because I have friends that their husbands, you know, my other spouse friends where, you know, I had one that her husband's ship was in my husband's fleet and he got back, you know, two days after my husband and they were gone the same amount of time. And so she and I would just like bitch to each other. Oh God, you know, when are they coming back? Are they coming back at all? Like what, what? Yeah. And it all, it honestly felt worse than a deployment where because a deployment, like it's like, it's kind of set in stone. They're, they're gone and they're back. And um, it felt, it felt a little weirder, but now that I've gone through it once, I feel like I'm up for anything. Like I, I've gone through this pandemic without him and I will have to continue to go through it without him as this is a fluid disease and it's constantly changing. Um, But yeah, overall, I mean, it, it, it definitely, I, I learned a lot. Um, I feel very strong in my community now. And um, I feel a lot more empathetic to the spouses on the ship that I didn't know. And um, I I, I, was, I was a shoulder for people to cry on quite a bit. Um, and yeah, so I kind of, I, I tried to make a positive out of it even though it felt mostly negative at the time. I'm so proud of
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> was, oh man. Okay. So ask me the question again. I got someone thrilled okay. in your story that I was like, what well, the fuck was oh. the question?
2: <laughs> well, it's, well I'll, I'll just tell you what you said. I'll prompt you. Oh so yeah. You yeah, said yeah. A true crime.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: So I'm obsessed with it. Like mm-hmm. I can't stop listening to Number one, when Chris and I first started dating, I was watching so much Law and Order SVU that he was like, "Can I change your ringtone to the theme of the TV show?" And I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really know that it was connected in that manner. And then, like a couple years ago, um, I binged my favorite murder, and now mm-hmm. I'm in like the Austin Murderino group. I've been in that group for a long time, and I met some really cool girlfriends. And so it's just interesting that like. As morbid and fucked up as true crime is, I'm so intrigued by like the processes in which like the forensics happen, and then like serial killers. I'm not. I'm not obsessed with the art of the serial killing. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with the um, malfunction, if you will. In in the intrigue as to how someone becomes one of those. Not that I want to. I have no ramification or, like, ability to do so, of course. But, like, I I really like to listen about it. But people mm-hmm. like My Favorite Murder give a comedic aspect to it, which I feel like we all need in, certain, in uncertain yeah. times and when awful things happen. And that's probably why I, like... I'm pretty non-emotional a lot of the time. <laughs> I'm, learning. I'm, all, I'm yeah. learning.
2: I'm also a fellow murderino. Um, I've fallen out of a listenership, I should say, with it. Uh, it got a little, it got a lot for me. Um, but I do love Georgia uh, and Karen for my listeners. If, you, if you're not familiar with my favorite murder, it is a true crime comedy podcast with two comedians. They're very funny. Um, it's very good. It's it's not to be. It's not to be. Rude, it's not to be insensitive, but they make fun of the perfect. They think they they just like they roast the murderer. It's never to uh place blame on the victim or anything like that. Um, I'm also into true crime, just like Jess is, and I listen to a couple of different podcasts. One is Mormon, and they Ah, have a term I love that that is fresh bears for dead people. and I scared the crap, like the literal crap of my husband, because when we first moved into our house, we live in kind of like a secluded uh little easement. And when we first moved into our house. He started going on these underways because he's getting ready to deploy. And I what's an underway? Myself, uh, huh?
1: What's an underway?
2: Oh, it's just like a workup. Like it's, so, they go out to sea and they do like exercises. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. okay, okay, great. So back. like the ship goes out and they're just doing trainings. So I um. So I was at home a lot and I would shut and lock all my windows every night. And I do a daily, like, let me go check my windows. Let me check the doors. Let me lock the garage. And I do that because quote unquote fresh air is for dead people. And that (laughs) scared the shit out of him that that's what I call it. (laughs) "Uh, Should I be worried? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Um, But I also feel like because of the podcast, I'm a lot, I've always been pretty street smart. Yeah. I, because of my infatuation, with the true, crime and the serial killer aspect of things and what makes their brain tick how does it work why was Ted Bundy the way he was exactly was Dahmer this way why was BTK such a sparky big time creepy weirdo like all these things um I find very fascinating similar to Jess so I totally 100% agree with that um I actually don't think anyone's mentioned true crime yet as a thing that they love but I (laughs) love it I love it my only negative with the murderino and how big they are is that um there's a, there's a there's a couple people, like, there's a couple different subtypes in the fandom that I just kind of don't necessarily jive with. But people that I do jive with are, tend to be the more extroverted, the more comedic, the more, like, happy-go-lucky, like, let's-go-day-drink kind of people. Yes. <laughs> and the ones that I have a harder time relating to are, like, that I'm going to sit at home with my cat and drink tea and lock my windows and doors. And that man looked at me weird, and he's going to attack me. So yes. there's, like, these two different... Types where it's very introverted and the world is scary. And then there's the very extroverted of the murderinos. And it's, it's very interesting that I found that in the Denver murderino community. I found that in the San Diego, Denver, the San Diego community. And I've even found that in the drinkerino community that I'm in. Uh, it's like, it's just interesting.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, I think that it kind of lends itself to no matter what it is. Like whether it's like a public speaker or an influential person. Like uh, for instance, like people either love or hate Rachel Hollis, right? But the Mm -hmm. the way I look at it in regards to, like, what she's doing and what she's talking about is that you're not going to agree with someone 100%. Like, she may say something, and out of 10 statements, you agree with five of them. That doesn't mean that what you are learning or navigating from is incorrect because you didn't get on board with all 10 statements. It's just that you have your own opinion and the way that you are living your life is different than someone else who may go all the way in a hundred percent. Whereas for me, I'm like, okay, that was a great 15 minute conversation uh, or monologue, if you will. And I got these key points out of it, right? Because you're trying to appeal to multiple people Mm -hmm. in regards to like How information is getting across. So, so I think it's interesting that, that some people go to extremes, of course, kind of like how internet trolls came about because what you say may be very forceful and rude behind a computer, but would you say it to my face? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I think you should take tips from certain things. Like, those people that are sitting in their house and their doors are all locked. They're hanging out with their cats on a Saturday. That's great. However, how is that going to help you if someone really tries to come into your house? (laughs)
2: Like,
1: here's my wine. What am I going to do? Whereas, I sleep... My husband used to be gone a lot um, just because covering high school sports and college, like, he would like be gone until 1 a.m. and I sleep with a hammer and a knife next to my bed and he laughs at me he's like we have a pit bull who won't even let me get next to you and I live in your house like why are you sleeping with a hammer I'm like well it's so funny I just
2: sleep with a hammer yeah I'm like and it's okay so funny. yeah <laughs> and because it's been quarantine and because it's been so weird and like it's now to the point where if it's like, if you're on my property, like if, if you're on my property, like you're creeping me out. Yeah. I, have, I have, There's this one transient dude that has been on my property. I've called the cops three times now. Not emergency <laughs> line, not 911. We're not going to be that girl. Yeah. Um, but I found out in the state of California that unless this person physically comes through my fence or tries to open my door or gets on my property or steals something from me. He's actually not trespassing. Well, he's trespassing, but he's not, um, forcibly doing so he's not forcibly doing something. Therefore all they can do is tell him to leave. And the last conversation I had, I mean, I don't blame him, but the, the guy was like, well, did you walk out and tell him to leave? I'm like, yes, let me tell this creepy dude at midnight. Yeah. Little (laughs) old me. Get off my property. That's why I called you. Yeah, you're (laughs) like, you have
1: multiple tools literally on your belt (laughs) to help me get him
2: the fuck away.
1: Like, bye. (laughs) What? That's crazy, Jam.
2: but um, but i I did want to get some things assured when I did talk to the sheriff um who called me, he was a very nice man. I talked to a really nice woman and a, re- a sheriff and a really nice man sheriff, and like they're both like so sympathetic because I was like'm you know by myself, my husband's out to see like that, I have a ring camera, like it faces my bedroom window, I have three ring cameras on my house, yeah, um and uh and they said, you know, yeah you, you know, like, you know what like, <laughs> they were like. I, I guess I was concerned. I was like, I hope that me calling and it seems like I'm crying wolf. They said, no, they said, they said, you're not calling it. First of all, you're not calling it every single day. Every time you call, you have the same valid concern. And each time we've come to like, check it out and the person's been gone. They're like, but like, also, you know, like, like where the cops were supposed to come. Yeah. So so that made me feel a little bit more at ease. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I like I try. I'm trying to trust that people at this point in time are inherently good. Um, I know that crime rates throughout the United States have gone down quite a bit. um, But I also uh, don't trust anyone. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very funny. And like my husband grew up here. Like my my dad like owns guns. Right. Like. But I never knew where they were or, like, even if there was one in the car and I was about to go take the car, he'd be like, hey, hold on. And he'll go get a gun out. Don't know where he keeps it. Don't know where he has it. However, my husband, being from the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, has it literally under the bed. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Like, and I know that in Texas, like, if someone literally has one foot in my grass, I can shoot them. However, I'm not that confrontational. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, my husband's always like, why the hammer? You have to get really close to someone. And like, I've seen you throw a ball. I was like, I'm better at golf than I am freaking baseball. Cut me some slack. I'm really good with the three wood. But also, I'm not going to sleep with one of those next to my bed. So.
2: Yeah, we actually, my husband and I do have one. And well, he has one. And I, and it's in the side drawer. And he always says to me, he's like, well, you grabbed the gun. I'm like, what? that's the last thing I would think to grab. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like, I would grab I would grab a spatula before I grab a gun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we have one so, window in our yeah. bedroom that doesn't have a screen on it. Don't anyone come try and come for me. But um, I always leave that window unlocked just in case something weird happens. I would be that woman to leave my dogs in the house like an asshole and get out the
2: window. Yes. That actually makes sense.
1: Like... But also, I can't pick up a 60-pound pit and an 80-pound hound and chuck them out the window. They won't do it. They'll look at me like I'm crazy. So, there's that. Yeah. Escape roots. So, I'm a fan of escape roots. I guess, routes. Um, on that note,
2: what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why?
1: Uh, I found my notes. <laughs> okay. Um, even though I host a Women Empowerment podcast... Um, I think that it is crucial for women to encourage and love other women, right? Um, coming and be gr- growing up as someone who literally was the girl who had all-guy friends. And then somewhere along the way, I was like, oh, girlfriends are pretty cool too. But a lot of the times, even though it's crucial to have girlfriends as a... uh circle of friends or support, I also think it can be a crock of fucking shit. <laughs> um, because when push comes to shove, when you're doing things that are bettering yourself or or for the, the community or other people, um, you would gather that some of the closest people you know would be the most supportive. Not saying that I don't have a great support group, but you would think that they would come out in troves when it actually, even though I think... It's good for you. I can't make you believe it's good for you, right? So my mm-hmm. job is to empower you and to help under help you understand that what I'm saying or doing or surrounding myself with would be great for you as an empowerment thing, right, for you as a human. Mm-hmm. But until you want to actually do that... Um, And be out there and and support in the way you do and and that sort of thing. That it may not necessarily allow you to step up and do it, right? Right. That a lot of people sit in a selfish circle acting like they support others. But I want women to get out and do shit, right? Like I want you to be able to go build a community or... Help out where you can when it's not popular. When it's literally the most unpopular thing you can do right now is to go help other people. I know that sounds really weird in the middle of a pandemic, but this is why toilet paper hoarding is a thing. Like, no. Someone did the math. And one 12-pack of toilet paper has 143,000 sheets on it, approximately, which means you'd have to shit yourself 48 times a day (laughs) in order to use all your toilet paper. So... Don't hoard the toilet paper. Like, give some to your old lady down the street because she probably needs some too. But, like, in actuality, like, you should smash the status quo. The status quo, you should not be concerned about other people's opinions of how you live your life because then that's not doing anything to help you or anyone else because then you just sit in a weird space. But the empowerment part has to come from, like, unpopularly doing things that aren't normal or looked upon in a good light when you know you just sometimes need to get in and get dirty and get the job done even though may not be what everybody else is doing so
2: yeah I think um how I can kind of relate to me it sounds a little bit like um it's kind of like addiction right when you like want someone to like go to rehab or you want someone to like make a change, they have to like hit that rock bottom to like make that change. Right. So you can yeah. lead a horse to water, then it's up to them. And I, I, I believe in the women empowerment community. I agree with you. There is a level of bullshit, fakeness, unrealness. We're all in this together. And this like a downright cattiness, but also like, I can't lift, I can only lift someone up so far and then they have to do the rest. Yeah. And like, you can't pour from an empty it cup. Feels very thankless, right? Yeah. Like we're Giving them so much of ourselves, especially me as an empath, like what I'm finding is that I'm very sensitive to people's emotions and their struggles. Yeah, and that drains me. I'm the same way, and and so it it, it drives me crazy when I've got a friend and I'm and I'm like, gosh, like why are like I, I give you 12 options, you shoot down 10 of them. Yeah, and then the two that you choose are negative. Yeah, um, and so I, I think it's something I've had to work on, and I agree that like, I don't—I don't even think it's an unpopular opinion. I think when we as women, we should realize we should think about you know our community, especially as being marginalized in a lot of ways, um, and 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 really take our own advice we give each other to heart. But then also, even if you have a differing opinion or you want to do something different, know that the change has to come within you. And you cannot rely on someone else to make those changes for you. It's not a group project. You have to contribute.
1: Yeah, I definitely understand and relate
2: 100%. Yeah, so I agree with that. That makes sense. So we're coming to the end or near the end of, um, of Please Don't Kick Me Out. Um, so, uh, I think we've touched on like what's making you happy in the world. We'll, we'll skip that one. But, uh, uh, would you like to promote something?
1: <laughs> hmm. So obviously in the middle of the pandemic, we're hosting a workshop. <laughs> Why would we not just throw everything to the wolves and be like, this is what we're doing. However, we, we, um, so October 17th. This year, in New Texas, we are hosting a one-day women's workshop. We will have um, swag and snacks and vendors. And um, it's all based around the concept called how dare she. So, like, Mm -hmm. what do you do that's daring or how to allow yourself to be bold and do things that are more daring. Um, A couple of our friends in our little group not really little there some of them are coming from across the country um are coming to speak which we've only announced one panelist but we'll have four um and so we're super excited to kind of bring people together even if it's just Mm -hmm. for one day um yeah and I used to do events and weddings for like 12 years so it gets to bring back all the like froofy shit I like to do like event production and all that fun stuff and then we get to empower too which is super fun so
2: we're excited yeah. about that, but yeah, awesome. Well, you can provide me all that information, and I will put it in the description for Super. my listeners. Um, and uh, that again is a women empowerment event in October seventeenth in Austin, or uh, is it is it in Austin or a suburb?
1: It's in New Braunfels, so it's like a tiny little town in between Austin and San Antonio.
2: Okay, yeah. yeah. So it'll be in it'll be in Texas. Um, I'll put all the information and details in there. And then also, as always, uh, with my lovely guests, I leave all of the information. So uh, Becoming Baby, baby AF, um, I'll, I'll put in the links. I'll put in Jess's contact so you can get in contact with her and also start listening to her podcast. Um, but we've come to the end. Do you have any parting words?
1: Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is so weird. I'm used to like interviewing other people. Um, no, I think my only like point of encouragement is just start to do and challenge yourself to do one thing a month that you normally wouldn't do and then see how different you feel at the end of that event or that start of a hobby or or i don't know go to a concert by yourself and see how you feel and how that develops you as a person like that's one thing that we've been trying to do Um, since early 2019 is do one thing a month that challenges us whether it be like learning about new people or going to like for instance coffee or a movie or dinner by yourselves just to kind of see and check in with how we're doing so that's one point of encouragement I think I can give y'all
2: I love that. That's so great. Well, Jess, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today and to my listeners. Um, Please check out her podcast. I can't say enough good things about it. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and my listeners. Um, Please don't kick me out. Um, It was lovely.
1: Good. Yay. Thank you for having me. All
2: right. Okay. I'm going to pause. Cool. Okay. And then your audio is a little bit distorted, which is why I started speeding towards the end. Okay um so I I don't know if you want to like reconnect to your audio just if we're gonna record for you just because like at the end I was like I was like so I was repeating things you were saying just to like be like just in case I'm salvaging it it's
1: weird okay
2: it's so the worst sometimes I know it's dumb okay it's like I can't do anything about it like how else am I gonna record it I know
1: I know like we're even recording the podcast on zoom it's really strange I'm like oh I can see you again hi your face is right here but I, you're normally next to me. It's very strange in these times, I tell you. Yeah, it's um, like
2: it's, it sounds like you're, like, in a wind tunnel.
1: What? I'm literally, like, face in front of computer. It's so weird.
2: Hmm, let me see if I turn my um if I turn my camera on. Maybe if we turn our cameras on, it's Okay. I'll start video. Let's see. Is it better? Any better? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what does video have to do with it? Oh, so crazy. dumb. Okay. So, I've got your – I've – I'm going to resume, well, I will wait until we're, like, talking this through. So, how do you, like, want to do this? Um, I, we do our intro
1: separately. Way. So, if we just want to kind of start in and, like, I can have you, like, talk a little bit about yourself, like, your elevator pitch. And then okay. um, we're going to start in with a couple of the questions. Awesome. We do okay. intro separately.
2: Gonna, uh, I guess you're recording on your end, but I'll start yeah. recording, too, just in case so we both okay. have it. Okay, cool. resume. All right. Hey
1: y'all, um, this episode is a little bit weird. <laughs> Karina's not here and she doesn't know I'm recording, so this will be fun to add in. Um, I have Bianca with me today um, from the Please Don't Kick Me Out podcast. It is a new podcast on the block and um, I'm super excited to bring her on. We haven't had an interview in a long time, so I'm just gonna ask her a couple quick questions um, in regards to um, how to be babe as fuck. So Bianca, if you wanna tell our people about you, Please go right
2: ahead. Uh, hey, everyone. My name is Bianca Wolwick. I uh, am the newer host of Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. Uh, my background is in marketing. And like many among COVID, um, I was laid off, which sparked me the inspiration to start a podcast, um, because I felt that there wasn't really one that really explained how I was feeling as a woman in the workplace or some, and so I'm finding really interesting conversations with people about, you know, struggling with their sexuality or their gender or, you know, careers and stuff. And it's just been really lovely getting to know my friends and I just interviewed Jess. So, um, I am excited
1: to share that with everyone. Awesome. It was so fun. And I don't think imposter syndrome is talked about enough. Um, I think it's a newer quote unquote concept that people are beginning to understand that it actually has a title and actually has a like a presence in their lives. Kind of like, I don't know, the kind of person being an empath. Like We talked a little bit about this on your podcast and I literally didn't know that the feelings that I were feeling and a lot of the time were from other people right like that yeah. kind of comes on to you and so I feel like that's a little bit of what imposter syndrome does or can do to other people so what made you want to dive more into that realm like
2: yeah I think for me like so my last position um so my, my background being in marketing um I the, my, like my, my whole backstory is that um I was born in Minnesota, moved to Colorado when I was 10, went to college in Colorado, lived in Denver for nine years after college, um, met my husband, who's in the military. Um, and all throughout all of this, I was doing marketing or advertising or whatever. Um, and I had a really tough go with the job market out there. I did freelancing, and then I felt not good enough when I was freelancing, couldn't find people to pay me. Um, so I've always had this feeling of self-doubt and um, not like actual self-actualization of like my skill set. Because at, at, at the base level, I know I'm good at what I do. Um, uh, and it wasn't until my husband and I moved to San Diego for his career that my career really took off. I ended up scoring a marketing director position for a Fortune 500 branch of a Fortune 500 company, um, which was really empowering and really amazing. Um, and I wasn't questioned on what my knowledge was I was taken at point blank it was just very much um easy um in terms of um you know my word was God in some in a lot of ways but also I, I really enjoyed what I was doing um and but there was a level and it it, it was just like every single day I'd get to the office and I felt truly confident about what I was doing but I'd be like God it's today, the day my boss, Josh is going to like walk in and kick, like just kick me out. Right. Or like be like, ah, we found out you're not supposed to be here. So it, it's this weird thing where I've kind and then I, when I was thinking about it and learning about it and reading about it, I was like, wow, this is me. Um, and I felt those things, you know, in high school, I was on the newspaper, I was newspaper editor. Am I qualified to be the newspaper editor? In college, I was on a radio program. I was a radio host, uh, for my own radio program. Am I qualified to be on the air? I was in a sorority, should I even be in the sorority? Um, So I found that these are things that are very common recurring themes in my life of just feeling like I don't belong or I don't deserve the things I have or I've earned. So this podcast to me is a way to kind of like um, normalize that feeling for people and let them know that they're not alone. And as we're opening these floodgates, I'm finding that it's so much more than just me it's, you know, people who are, you know, like I said, struggling with their sexuality, struggling with their gender identity, struggling with their family situations. So it's been really interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of like how I came into it.
1: That's awesome. And that always like takes a point where you're like, okay, I have to then like understand myself first, like help. It's <laughs> like, why you put the mask on before you have someone else if you're on an airplane? Right. So they always tell you to do that. And you're like, but why would I not want to help someone else? Do this same thing, but in actuality, like, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? So so right. what do you find yourself helping or the tools to help you, like, refill your cup?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take a pandemic approach on this, just um, as we're still in quarantine. Right now, um, the ways I've been filling my cup, a lot of people I know have been laid off, um, myself included. um, But the ways I'm filling my cup is helping small businesses. Yes, I was laid off, but that doesn't mean that I can't shop local. I can't help a small business, a babe-owned business. I can't, that doesn't mean that I stop putting my money towards the things that are helping my local economy. So that's one way. Another way is um, I review my friends' resumes for free. I've helped multiple people get on unemployment. I've had to walk them through it, mostly because I had to do it myself. And (laughs) now I'm like walking them through it. It's really tricky. They make it really hard. Um, And it's really not that hard to to get the hang of it. Um, That's another way I've been filling my cup. And the third way I've been filling my cup is um, any, I've, I've always been a strong network referral person where if you do good by me, I always refer business your way. So like my realtor, like he's, incredible. I've, um, you know, one thing he's been doing is helping people with rentals and finding rentals in the area, you know, no strings attached. And I've been filling his cup or I've been filling my cup by filling his, you know, so to speak, sending people into his pipeline. Um, that's just another example, or, you know, shouting out, even though I'm not in Denver anymore, shouting out a local business every week, week on my podcast. So those things make me feel good. It makes me feel good to um, spread the good word of the things that I find good in the world and get the exposure out.
1: That's awesome. I feel like word of mouth is huge, even if the economy and the pandemic were not in the state that they are. Um, yeah, I love to do the local stuff. Whenever we eat, I say that, and we had Olive Garden for lunch. Um, but no like, shame that. <laughs> sometimes you just need freaking fried cheese, okay? Sometimes you just need fried cheese, and you like to know where it come. You like where it comes from, but no, like if. And for the longest time, my husband would eat at all these dive restaurants, and he'd be like, "This is the best! Like, nobody has this on the other." And I'm always like, "I don't, I don't like the way it looks. Like, I don't, I don't want to go to the restaurant where there's not even a name on the door. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> but I'm learning. It's all about the processes. So I appreciate that you're doing a lot more local, and and we're coming to find out that like. That's the, the, the small business local approach, honestly, has a, we've talked about murder with your podcast, but a cult-like following that you don't need to mm-hmm. call your dad about, right? Like, it's okay for you to do that and build up that revenue because it could be your freaking next-door neighbor. Like, yeah. our next-door neighbor works at Tomlinson's and she's been dropping giant bags of dog food and treats at our door because... So I ordered seventy dollars worth of Tiff's treats the other day and just I was like, Did you get my gift? She's like, You did that and I was like, Yeah, I just two dozen <laughs> cookies and like just two dozen cookies and four milks for three of you. <laughs> yeah. I can't cook small. I can't cook right now. So it's good. I-
2: And I'm a chronic over tipper. Like it's my my husband's cracks with me. He's like, you tip too much, but I used to work in service. And so I, I like it, nothing is more soul crushing than waiting on a table, hand and foot doing your best. You're doing bits, you're doing comedic things. You're like, yeah. And then they leave you two fucking dollars and you're like, what did I do? You bought so much wine on what planet was that a tip? Yeah. So I always, I'm, I'm I'm an over tipper. I'm a network referral person. I'm a small business share shouter. Um, and I think that those things are really positive within the the quarantine and the epidemic right now, pandemic right now, because, um, the only way we can help and support local economy, I mean, it's going to be devastating. So the the more we can do, the better. Um, so yeah, like that's kind of what's filling me right now.
1: Awesome. I love that. Keep it up, girl. Keep it up. (laughs) Okay. Um, what are three random things about you that someone may not necessarily
2: know that you want to share? Uh, I'm going to tell the three weirdest things. Okay? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> we'll start with anything I ever auditioned for. Wait, what would you audition for? Are no, you talking like about anything it? I've ever tried for? I've okay. got So okay. I auditioned for Guy Fieri's big project a couple of years ago, submitted it. Got You're obsessed with
1: him, by the way. Like you pizza. love That's
2: him. True. Okay. got day drunk on pizza. Uh, my husband and I drank a bottle of wine, submitted it, got a phone call a day later. And I, uh, got offered to be cast onto it and I looked into it, thought about it. The per was really super low. I didn't, I, I hadn't met any of his family at that point. And he, his family was like offering to like, let me stay with them so I could like follow my dream and be on guys, big project or whatever. Cause like Guy Fieri is just like, he, I just think he's a meme of a man and he's hilarious to me. Um. Uh, um, so I would have had I got it on there because I watched the show. And let's be clear, my concept was so much better. I had a pizza your city, which would be I just would eat local pizzas and then be like, "What's the local haunt around here?" I'll eat this one. I'll eat that one. And I would just eat pizza like throughout the United States,
1: like a battle of the pizzas.
2: And, and yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, "What's your okay? It's College Town. Like, what's your rivalry? Okay, like, what's your best pizza? Okay, what's what slice for slice?" And they loved that concept so much, and they really wanted me to do it. And I mean, the, the video is on my Instagram. It's, it's, it's I'm very drunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that's one thing. So I got cast on a guy Fieri's big project, turned it down. Another one was in uh, 2016. Uh, well, I'm a huge super fan of Lyft, I use Lyft religiously, um, so much so that I like when they started the founders pack situation I got like a notebook to like journal my travels and I used to take Lyft to and from dates safely so I wouldn't drink a drive because no one ever should do that and uh, I used Lyft so much that I used Lyft more than days there were in a year one year because dating in your 20s is weird and I got asked to be in a focus group and the focus group I went to uh was a beard set up for a viral video with Demi Lovato so Demi Lovato was my Lyft driver I'm the first person that gets in the car in that video. I'm wearing a name tag. It is me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys can't see my face right now, but I'm like, you were not like social I, distancing I just with just Demi Lovato braggy, and that's okay. And I don't
2: want to sound braggy. Like I'm telling people like this is, I just have the personality that they're like, oh yeah, put her on camera. like,
1: um. No, uh, we need that right, right now. In. We need it right now. We need a little hilarity in our lives. Yeah, Keep I'm it not- up.
2: I'm very extroverted and I'm very, like, I'm always talking to my Lyft drivers. I'm like, you know, riffing, like, I'm, like tr- testing jokes on them that I think would be funny and like just doing like a mini comedy routine. But so they, so we're doing we're in this focus group. I get a tap on my shoulder. They're like, can you come with us? And I'm like, okay, I'm still wearing my name tag. I get in the car. She's wearing a newsboy hat. She has, you know, these eyebrows are like perfectly like sculpted rectangular she's stunning I'm like oh. they're like it's a promotional video it's like the first time driver it's like for Lyft like no one will ever see it didn't know they do undercover Lyft like Shaquille O'Neal has done it like LeBron James has done it like I don't even know who else has done it um so I get in the car and I'm like holy shit it's in the bottom in my head I'm like beep 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 alert 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 <laughs> and I just word vomited and talked about Whataburger for the next 10 minutes I didn't know. She was like, "I'm from Texas." I was like, "I like Whataburger." And, I like, oh. <laughs> and she was like asking me, "Do you like Nick Jonas? Do you like Demi Lovato?" And I Whataburger. I uh, was like, "Yes, I love Demi Lovato." Yeah, <laughs> I, I do love Demi Lovato. My sister and I did a Soul Cycle ride with her. But anyway, so get to the end of the thing. She's like, "I bet you didn't know it was Demi," and I was like, "Yeah, I did." So I, I was like, "Oh my God, I love you." So we hug and that's weird. And then she gets out and they're like, okay, well now you have to take a selfie with her. And then the guy's like, don't post that until this video comes out. I'm like, okay. And then they just like, they cart me off and I go back to work. And that was like a, just a casual Wednesday. <laughs> this was like four years ago now. So then, then that later that day, I get this phone call. And, uh, or I don't get a phone call, i get an email and they're like, thank you so much for being in Demi Lovato's video. Um, it was so great that your free participation. Demi wants to thank you by giving me tickets to her, whatever the revolution tour, whatever it was called, tour is, um, with Nick Jonas. Um, and I'm like, "Like, just give me your name of you and your plus one and you can like get the tickets tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. Dating a guy at the time, he wasn't super great, brought him. Uh, we go to pick the tickets up. Uh, and I see that it says like C level C at the Pepsi Center. And I'm like, what is that? Um, And so we go and they're like, oh no, ma'am, you're going this way. Cause I was thinking like, maybe it's going to be club level seats. Maybe it's nosebleeds, like whatever. She's a celebrity. I mean, she gives tickets out all day. Yeah. No, they heart us onto the main floor right here. Like I'm, I'm an arm's length away from the stage. I'm in front of teens that, you know, their parents paid thousands of dollars for them to have these tickets. And I, all I did was get drunk and take a lot of lift
1: my kind of girl
2: so anyway that's that's my two my number two random fact uh and then uh my third one would be that I can literally name any like if I see a dog I'm like okay that's like four different breeds because when I was a kid I was a huge nerd I wanted a dog so bad that my parents said if you read the AKC handbook cover to cover and figure it out we'll get you a dog so I fucking did (laughs) I'm very, like, I look at a dog and I'm like, oh, that looks like a, you know, a lipid mixed with a, like, this and that. Um, and that is my weird skill.
1: That's awesome. um That, I mean, that's legit. I have a really weird skill. I worked in bridal for such a long time, I can look at someone's boob and tell them what size they are.
2: That's actually a pretty impressive skill. Is that a party <laughs> trick that you do? That's great. Sometimes.
1: <laughs> like, um... One interview we did was with Brett Outlaw, and she works for Essential Bodywear. It's like a drug sales company. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Brett. Hey, girl. But um, I was we were talking about bras. It's like her bread and butter. And so I look over to Karina, and I was like, Oh, you're like a 36C, are you? And she's like, Pardon me. I was like, You're like a 36C, and she goes, How the fuck do you know? I go, I stared at women's breasts and corsets for eight They're years. Like, it's not weird. Don't make it it's weird.
0: It's not weird. Don't make
1: it weird. <laughs> Don't make it I weird. Like that.
0: Don't make it weird. That's
2: so funny. No, that's awesome. That's, like a, that's a cool skill. Another skill I had was like, I could look at, like, if I, if I see fonts, I can usually, I'm not as good, as sharp as it, as I used to be on it, because I used to be like really into graphic design, but now I'm like, uh, it's dogs. Dogs is the one that I actually could figure out easier, but it used to be fonts. I'd be like, that's papyrus. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: As a, um, former literature and English major, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. What have you done recently that's made you feel brave or daring?
2: I think what made me feel brave or daring recently was that, um, I asked for a raise and I asked for my worth and my value and I stood up for myself and while it didn't pan out the way it should have, um, and it's unfortunate, you know, COVID happened. I'm really proud of myself for saying, no, you know, I'm worth more. Um, And then that led into the bravery of, yes, I got laid off. Yes, that happens. You know, COVID's a thing and I was going to get laid off no matter what. That's just the reality of it. Unfortunately, my company had to lay off 30% or if not more of its employees. But I, um, starting the podcast was a really brave thing. Something that so out of my comfort zone, putting my first and my last name on it, um, you know, uh, and so that has been something where it's like, okay, like a future employer is going to see my podcast. They're going to know that I feel this way. And I will never not feel proud of the fact that I'm helping people. Yeah. So I guess like this, one of those two things where it was like, okay, like I know my worth. And now I'm like, I know my worth and I'm going to start talking. And I'm like,
1: (laughs) that's awesome. Now one of my coworkers the other day was like, Hey, I found this podcast. Um, and then I realized it was you. <laughs> I was like, what? She that's was like, it's... I know, I was like, that's weird. I mean, I know we're out there and we're, like, doing the thing, but it's just so weird. It's like, you know, like, I recognize Demi Lovato in a newsboy cap. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, yeah. I'm not getting past your, like, facade or whatever, but it's just weird when, like, people in your, like, everyday life are like, hey, this happened, and I realized it was you, and I was like, you yeah. know.
2: Yeah, I'm finding that, because I like, <laughs> now I'm not really advertising my cast out as much as I should I'm I'm just kind of doing my like, like letting my inner circle do its work yeah um but each guest has its own network right and so each guest will be like they'll be sharing like look 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 I was on a podcast I was so excited about it um and most recently one of my guests she her mom's best friend is in her like late 50s and she goes I never knew that this was the name for how I feel and I didn't understand this makes so much sense and I was like, wow. Holy shit!" like, okay, so we did that, like our conversation, who knows what we were talking about for an hour, but our conversation really got to someone and they went, wow, okay, wait, this is how I'm feeling. This makes sense. Yeah. And that's like the crazy thing. And you and I kind of both touched on this where we feel very similar, which is why, um, you know, I really appreciate your podcast This. If it helps just one person in one way, shape, or form, then it's done its job. And that's why I'll never not feel proud of it. You know what I mean? Like, because I know that if it can, if it's reaching people, then I just got to keep going.
1: Yes. And something that we've found so far is that even if no one fucking listens to an episode, we're saying it out loud because we need to like yes. for ourselves. So like even if one of our most played podcast episodes is one of the first ones. It's obviously been on there the longest, right? We're on episode this week will be episode 26. So wow. so it's interesting that like even if last week's podcast got eight listens, right? And those eight people found something beneficial whether they listened to 5 minutes or they listened to the whole 45 minutes. But the fact that we're even just continuing to say stuff out loud that matters to us, it's going to help other people.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and just for your listeners so they know, you, were, you and Karina were a big um, reason that I got into it. I saw that you guys did it. You did it with, like, full steam, full stop ahead. And I was like, okay, if they have the confidence to do this and just throw themselves into it, then what's stopping me? Yeah, and even, like, so, yeah.
1: some days we don't. Like, it'll be Tuesday night at fucking 10 p.m., and we're like, okay, we must podcast. Because we want to, while as we are not really always 100%, and we give ourselves grace for that, like, we'll check in on Tuesday and be like, how are we doing? We try to podcast on Monday so I can edit and then throw it up there, But but sometimes it's, like, Tuesday night at 10 p.m., and I'm like, I just can't. Like, I don't know that what I'm going to say is going to resonate. And that's stressful. (laughs) It's stressful. But also, if I'm feeling this way, then it's okay to talk about it. And we're just tackling, like, subjects and topics that, like, happen to everyone because it does. And, like, we've even talked about, like, doing smaller episodes where, like, we just jump in and talk about something that's on our minds and then post it. So it's not, you may be getting more episodes from us because you just have ideas that kind of flow. It's like where a writer carries voice notes or a notepad everywhere they go and just write stuff down. Because if I'm feeling it right now, and to be honest, we're sick of fucking talking about the pandemic and quarantine. So I'm like, we have have to get the fuck out of that darkness because we're not those people. Like we are always finding majority, like, 80% 80% of the time we are finding optimism and stuff. So, so these last couple weeks have been like, what are our favorite podcasts? Or, like, what are we doing to exercise? Just because we know that's important. And we want to show up in the way that we're needing to do that, too. Because there are some days, girl, let me tell you. Be like, I do I even know how to form a that. sentence? <laughs> Jesus. Mary and Joseph. Okay. Um... What do you think pushes, motivates, or encourages you the most? It can be like a person, a thing, like what?
2: Absolutely. So I will say for people that are listening, if you're like, man, like, love and I really want love in my life, I will say love shows up when you show up for yourself. Um, You have to not be focusing on that to meet the right person. And oftentimes they will um, really surprise you who you end up with. I never in a million years thought I would be married to a lieutenant in the Navy. Uh, someone in military, that was never what I wanted for myself. I didn't know that that was going to end up being my soulmate, but here we are. So in terms of things that encourage me, um, my husband is my biggest cheerleader. He is my champion. He thinks the sun shines out my ass. I can do no wrong. I've never met minus my dog and never met a more loyal, loving individual. Um, but what's been really hard for me is to see myself the way he sees me and with him being gone for the last month my husband you know being in the military was gone out to sea uh i really tried to work on trying to see myself in that light so he super encourages me um my best friend marcy who is like a sister to me she super encourages me um but i'm not uh relatively close with my family um, uh, people find that really weird, but I don't think, I think everyone's family dynamic is different. We shouldn't be judging people's family dynamic. Um, but I, I, I gained strength and encouragement from being told no. So if you like, I, but I'm, I was never good at sales. You tell me no on a sales call. I will hang up. I'll go, okay. How a I say? Uh, but I'm like, like okay. As of, words
1: to me, I'll be like, oh, I'll talk right. to you in like 10 days. See you in 10 and, days. And,
2: yeah. For me though, <laughs> it's like, if you do something that scorns me in a certain way, I will spend the rest of my career proving you wrong. Absolutely. So I'm that way where I'm like, I will go uphill against the wind, take the hot, put put life on hard mode and just hustle and try and try and prove you wrong, prove my point. So I guess like in a lot of ways, like negativity and things I've gone through in my life and shit that really sucked, like has really pushed me to be a better person. Because um, I think there's two types of two types, there are two ways you can go when you have trauma happen to you. You can take that trauma and you can internalize it, and you can become the victim, or you can take that trauma, you can externalize it, and you can become a champion of that emotion. Uh, so I'm I, I try to take that high route usually. Do you need um, to borrow my WWE championship really belt? Because I have one. <laughs> Uh, for people listening, uh, podcasts are in audio media. but uh, she truly just pulled up a champion belt. <laughs> and, uh, that just made my wife
1: Chris made me wear it last week when we recorded. He's like, this is the kid size. I can't wear it, so you get to be the champion today. So put this fucking thing on and go podcast. I love it. That's so funny. It's like when, like, we talked a little bit about this, but um, you have a Peloton. Mm-hmm. Bianca has a Peloton. She's a badass. Cody Rigsby, if I would say, might be your favorite person. Is that your favorite guy to ride with? Who's your favorite person?
2: Um, it would be, yeah, Cody is definitely my number one, um, but then it would be, like, a tie for, like, I'm like, oh, if I'm not feeling Cody today, it'll be, like, one of these five
1: people. Cool. That's good. So, you know there was, like, huge flack about the whole Peloton commercial, right? Yeah. Okay, so... We, this is what you said earlier about how your husband, like, super-duper encourages you. Mine brought me a pro form for Christmas. It's, like, mm-hmm. the um stair-stepper, elliptical-type thing, yeah. very similar to um what Peloton days. Now, however, I don't take offense to that shit when my husband's, like, mm-hmm. get your fucking clothes on, put on your running shoes, and get in the fucking garage. Because he knows, as a former college athlete, and my dad being my dad, that... Tough love is huge. Like, every once in a while, I just need a kick in the fucking ass. And if he sees that I'm mentally incapacitated or, like, there's just so much going on and I can't even, like, see straight, he's like, get your ass in the garage. So I appreciate that you have someone that does that for you. Because while my father, who normally does it, is 1,500 miles away, my husband steps in quite jovially and pushes my ass out there. Yeah,
2: and I think, like, uh, in terms of like uh, fitness and all of that, like you know, it's everyone's personal journey, of course. Yeah. Um, but my my husband has one hundred and fifty one rides. I have
1: one thousand seventy one. Uh, That's insane.
2: So the the who uses the bike is more me because I found community in it um, than him, but he's, he's trying to get back into it. I mean, he, he works out on the ship and stuff. So like, this is just me all day by myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's days I don't want to do it. Like there's days, but then I'm like, I have no excuse, like at all. Like there's yeah. literally zero excuse. I could like roll out of bed and hop on that thing. And so, um, if anyone is interested in getting a Peloton, uh, they're awesome for community, but you have to love spin classes And you're not just buying a bike, you're buying a lifestyle. And in the sense of, there's just so much community aspect to it that like, if you're like looking for motivation, there's like a tribe for everyone, um, which I find really cool. So yeah,
1: that's awesome. I love a tribe built anywhere, really, Mm -hmm. whether it's on a bike or in the middle of the freaking street. Okay. Um, okay. So a little bit of fun spin, but do you have any girl crushes or females that you've gotten that have helped you get to where you are today?
2: Yeah, I had an amazing teacher in high school. Her name was Sarah Palenka. Um, I still keep in touch with her to this day. Um, she's always really encouraged me to be myself and be unique and kind of float into uh, who I am as a person. Um, and so, th- so she's one person that I can credit as a that I really feel um, had a pretty pivotal impact on my life. Um, and as far as like the celebrity route, um, I would say that, um, I have a girl crush on Nicole Byer. I'm all about, she just released a book about body empowerment and body positivity as being a a fat woman for her. She she uses the term, um, I'm not trying to be offensive, but you know, just owning your body. And like, if you go to a beach in the bikini, like in a bikini, like, and your body doesn't look slamming, like who cares? um so it's like how do
1: you have a beach body you fucking put on a bikini and you go to the beach exactly so i
2: I really like nicole byer i find her extremely humorous i really like uh, appreciate her ad bryant is another one that i'm a huge huge fan of uh the the show shrill on hulu is excellent um yeah and then uh, nancy silverton who's a female chef really really obsessed with her girl crush on her uh Yeah. I mean, I, I, and then, and then as far as like people in my personal life, um, my best friend, Marcy, who is my husband's, uh, second cousin, we met through my husband, not, that's not how I met my husband, but, um, she, uh, lives in Portland now. And, you know, I just, I look up to her in a lot of ways. She's, she and I are like so close, really sisters, And, um, yeah, I, I just, she's got a lot of strength. There's a lot of strength that she, um, has and a lot of, you know, Wisdom, And so we're, we're constantly each other's sounding board. And so, um, you know, I would say if there's one other person on this planet that thinks the sun shines out my ass as much as my husband does, it is Marcy.
1: That's awesome. I wish more people walked around with sunshine out of their asses. It'd probably smell a lot better. <laughs> okay. And we're going to wrap up because it's a little short um, today. But what makes you feel, babe, as fuck? It can be like a person, a product, an activity, like what do you do to kind of hype yourself up?
2: Yeah, um, right now, I think that there's only so much that we can control in the world. And I've said it once, I'll say it again, that we need to be, take intake on what we can control and uh, mental health is one, um, our physical health, our physical wellness, um, all of that. So what makes me feel babe as fuck is uh, the fact that you know I'm going uh, I'm going to come out of this pandemic a better person uh, a better person whether it's because I was on the Peloton bike and I hit a PR or because I bought from a small business and I helped someone or because I started a podcast and it helped someone. So what makes me feel babe as fuck is um, you know basically having control over my own emotion as it pertains to the good that I'm doing and seeing in the world.
1: <laughs> You're so cute! No one can see Bianca, but she's fucking cute. Aw, thanks. You're
2: the best. <laughs> I didn't wear any makeup today at
1: all. I was just like, I got off the bike and I was like, and eh, we're going to throw a shirt off. And we're... Well, I just shoved, like, I said, 60 bucks full of Olive Garden in my face, so... <laughs> I love I'm, Garden, feeling so I it I'm feeling good over here. I'm feeling good. Okay. Um, I think that's it. We didn't really do a full, that was like a easiest impromptu interview ever. I was like, oh, you're interviewing me. We've had this prepared for a week and a half. I'm going to throw some questions at you like <laughs> 10 minutes before we're going to get on. So you did really well. Hosting Thank is you. like
2: that former radio host life.
1: Yeah. You, my I'm husband does like, the same thing. He's like, oh, I'm good. Don't worry about, it. I don't need any questions. We'll just like go by the seat of <laughs> my pants. And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't need questions.
2: Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was really fun. Awesome. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. I can't yeah, wait. of course.
2: Everyone have
0: a great day. Bye, y'all. Bye. Right. Hey, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that pod. Jess did a fantastic job with that interview on imposter syndrome. I want to go ahead and read some tips that we want to share with you six ways to stop imposter syndrome before it stops you. So please listen to the pod carefully and listen to these tips carefully because we want to bring value to you. So number one is share the shame. Tell people you trust about what you're experiencing. Shame shrivels when you share it out loud. So you need to be able to trust somebody And trust somebody with your fears. Trust somebody with what you're experiencing because it's very important to have somebody in your corner. Shine your light out, not in. Direct your light on helping people and you'll stop focusing on your fraud feelings. Shine it out. Give it to the world. Focus on helping others. Number three, start a hype file. Keep a running list of compliments, thank yous and comments from people for whenever your confidence wavers. If you're like us, our confidence wavers all the time. But we know those people that hype us up. We have started this podcast because we want people to hype each other up and learn how to become Babe AF. So, start a hype file start a hype journal whatever you do have those people in your corner too number four track your successes and stumbles this will help you internalize your successes and overcome your fear of making mistakes if you are like me i always fear failure and i have learned in the last couple months that We are going to make mistakes and we are going to fail sometimes, but track your successes because those will outweigh your failures any day and those stumbles will help you get to your highest goal. So always remember the bad times, but overpower them with all your successes because those are most important. Number five, get a go-to mantra. Every day, look in the mirror and find a go to mantra and tell yourself that over and over and over again. Hype yourself up. Make a little phrase you can say to yourself in the clutch moments. Here's a good one everything is figure outable. Absolutely, everything is figure outable. Find your own go-to and share them with us. We want to listen to what everybody's are because we all have our own. So use your go-to mantra every single day. Number six and the most important for me is be humble. Not knowing something doesn't make you a fraud. It makes you a student. And we as people are students every single day. If you stop learning, you are dead. So continue to learn every day. You do not know everything. So learn as much as you can every day and share it with everybody else. We love you and we hope that you have a fantastic Wednesday and the rest of the week.
1: Thanks for checking us out. Find us on all social media platforms at Becoming F. And remember, when in doubt, dance, dance it out. out. See you all back next Wednesday. Peace out.